Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. going on hockey fans welcome back to casing the league on believe network brought to you by bet online with the nfl playoffs right around the corner and the nba season in full swing most importantly the nhl as well bet online has you covered with all of the up to the second odds news and scores with additional odds lines trends and info on both desktop and mobile you can access the world's best wagering information anytime head there today to get into the action and see all the updates and odds remember to use promo code believe that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts, but most importantly, Casing the League, where I'm your host, Casey Hudson, joined by the very lovely Jackie Redman, NHL Network, WWE Raw, TNT, so many notable things. <laughs> but most importantly, um, the most resounding thing about you is your personality and, and your candor and your kindness. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me here on Casing the League. Oh, you're the sweetest. That's just such a nice intro. Happy New Year. I can't believe I, you and I have not done a show together before. Have we? Have I been? No, on, have I done one with you before? I know. This is a first. This is a great way to bring in 2024. I'm very excited. Happy New Year. Did you have a good holiday? I did. I did. I did the most boring thing possible, which was the best thing that I could have possibly done. Um, every year I kind of get that new year anxiety of what are we going to do? And I've had the same group of seven girlfriends since 17 plus years, which is such a blessing. Right. But Amazing. this year I was like, I love you guys, but one's pregnant with the, the third child. The other one's traveling with her husband. And I was like, I think we all just need to do our own thing this year. So I bought a very nice bottle of wine. I lit the fireplace <laughs> I sat on the couch in my pajamas with no shame. I thought I was going to feel crazy about that. How was yours? Honestly, I love that for you. I think boring is in, in 2024. Like the most basic boring things that I can do, I have grown to really appreciate in my life. And the best thing about working in hockey the last seven years, specifically in hockey, is that I've done the Winter Classic, I think, six of the last seven. So I haven't had to worry about New Year's plans. Like, <laughs> I'm on the road. I go to dinner with coworkers or whatever. Oh, my husband me. joins us now. Like, not having to think about it is the oh. biggest blessing. Like, I because I would get the same anxiety. Like, I don't really want to do anything crazy, mm -hmm. but I feel pressure to do something so that when everyone's like, how'd you ring in the new year? I'm not like, oh, I just sat on the couch and like right. fell asleep before midnight. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, and I did doze off a little bit. Like I was DD for my mom, which felt spectacular. Nice yeah. little role reversal there for once. Like, you know, she's in the car blabbering on and I'm like, okay, so how many uh, dirty rum punches did you have? And she's like, oh. and I was like, you're adorable. So that was, yes, that was my New Year's. It felt good to finally commit to just relaxing. As you know, having a busy schedule, like finding that downtime or actually honing in on that downtime is, yes. is hard to do because I sometimes feel guilty for relaxing, but it's so necessary before my brain goes off. But I most totally importantly, um, you just recently announced a new show. Massive congratulations on the Jackie Redmond show going on the NFL <laughs> YouTube. It's fantastic news. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it? And of course, a big congratulations on that. 
Thank you. It's I'm super, super excited. I'm only slightly terrified about it, which I think is normal. Like, I think if I mm -hmm. wasn't nervous about it, then that would mean I probably don't care enough about it. But uh, I'm super excited that the NHL would even, I don't know, trust me with something like that, let alone um, put my name in the title. But the show will drop uh, tomorrow. The first episode drops the first episode is very much a celebration of the Winter Classic. So I was out in Seattle um, doing some interviews, walking around, hanging out. Um, so the first episode will kind of center around that. And then once we get into the NHL head office and the studios that they have there, um, it will give people more of an idea of what the show will actually be, if that makes sense. So it's a very interview-based show. So we'll be talking to players and coaches from around the league and trying to find out what their interests are outside of the game, kind of hang out, be casual, uh, dig for some personality, if you will, and then interview celebrities of the game. So for episode two, we've got a pretty big name lined up. I'm very excited uh, to have on the show. I can't say who it is because it's a week away. So as you know, in this business, things can change on a dime, but um, we're very, very excited uh, to have him on the show. He is a diehard uh, hockey fan, uh, especially of the Chicago Blackhawks. So I'm very pumped to have him on. And then we're going to do some special segments uh, with people in the league that that'll, that you already know, of course, are fans of the game. So I'm excited to be um, at the heart of that. And uh, just to kind of help grow the game and bring pop culture and and hockey together that's the best way I could probably describe it but I think too I'm sure you know when you started the show you envision it as one thing and then it grows and it evolves kind of as time yep. goes so I think the show that you'll see tomorrow compared to the show that you see you know episode 16 at the regular end of the regular season I think they'll probably be vastly different but in the best way in the best way possible yeah. And I think you mentioned something really important when you first hopped on and I got a chance to tell you, you know, I've always appreciated the, the multifacetedness to your work, but that's what it sounds like you're going to encompass in your show, bringing in pop culture, bringing in celebrities, bringing in, you know, the, the super fans and stuff. I think it also brings down the gates for new fans to say, I can be a part of this. And that's probably a big thing yeah. that I love about hockey and probably a mission of mine as I continue to grow that uh, in the NHL is just like it can be very intimidating the first time I heard, heard hockey jargon I was like what in the world are we talking <laughs> about here? like Pusty is intimidating um north to yeah. south I'm not good with northwest east south direction so all of that was just like what in the hell um but then now that it's you know become a part of my everyday when I when I explain it to new fans and stuff I always try to find fun facets to have with it as well so I'm so excited for your show I think it's going to do just that and it is ever evolving you get these new ideas you find new incorporations and it just grows and becomes this beast um among beasts now Typically with new guests, I bombard them with okay. asking them about music. I'm a big music oh, head. Okay. Equivalent, um, to hockey for me, love wise. Now on other guests, I've typically been like, can you pick a song that describes the previous season or best moment of the season? Okay. Mine for you, because I can tell that you're a Swifty fan, but if you don't want to do Taylor <laughs> Swift, you can, you can broaden out. What's a song that best describes this chapter in your life right now? Ooh, oh my gosh, what a good question. I feel like I have to respond with a Taylor Swift song because it's just become a part of my personality publicly. Like, listen, I am a massive Taylor Swift fan, like really like from the beginning, like Tim McGraw brought me in. I've been a fan since then. 
but I, I, it is sort of starting to take over. Like one of the main things that people ask me about is Taylor Swift. Um, let me think here for a second, because right now I, I feel like I'm going through a, um, a, a transitional period in my life. I've, mm -hmm. I've, you know, started a couple of new gigs. I'm working with WWE now, um, on the road in a, in a much larger role than I, than I was doing on Peacock the last couple of years. I'm in year three of the NHL on TNT. Um, and I'm, I went from full-time at NHL network to part-time to sort of accommodate that schedule and then start this new show, which, you know, I don't think I've said this to anyone yet, but you know, this show was kind of an idea back in, in September, um, mm -hmm. that we weren't able to start right away for numerous different reasons. Uh, the biggest of which being just visa issues. Um, so, you know, I feel like I'm going through a lot of change right now. So I don't know if maybe but it's good change. So I, I don't, I'm trying to think of a Taylor Swift song that would encompass that. Um, like I mean, change, I could pick the, the song change. What's that? I said like feet can't hit the ground yet, but it's not in a chaotic, overwhelming way. It's in like a beautiful unraveling way. Yes. Like I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I'm so grateful for the time that I had at a NHL Network doing NHL now. It's really where I was able to kind of figure myself out and and make a name for myself and kind of show people who I am and and what I can do. And I will be forever grateful that they let me kind of just have free reign with that and and have an opinion and do these segments, some of which didn't work and some of which did. Um, so I mean, I I miss that show dearly, uh, but it was just something for my life that I that I needed to do. So. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm not answering your question. Hang on a I mean, second. You're describing a lot though. Let's see. I don't know why. Maybe because it's been on my playlist a lot lately, but this has okay. to be um, the summer I turned pretty. I geek out over teen teen movies because I'm still there. I love that show. I watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe Snow on the Beach. I love how she describes like kind of the mm. weird the weirdness, but the beauty behind all the weirdness. It's 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 revolving around love, but I think that can yeah. be life. You know what I, you know what? I do like that because, um, you know, change is weird, but it's beautiful. And I think when we embrace it and we take on new challenges, um, usually we come out the other side, um, better. And I think that we learn about ourselves, um, along the way as well. And it's one thing, you know, to relate to Taylor Swift is that she has always taken risks in her career, right? She made the yeah. jump from country to pop. And then she did, you know, reputation or she did 1989, which was real, real pop. 80s style pop kind of and then reputation which was a totally different turn and at the time that that album came out you know it wasn't really received in the way that a lot of her prior music had been it wasn't like a smashing success of an album it's one of my favorite taylor swift albums like i cannot wait for the re-record um and then of course folklore and getting into folk music and doing all of that like for me you know, those people look at it now and they're like, well, she's the biggest celebrity in the world right now. Like, what's so scary about that? I'm like, but at the time you go back to red, that was a big step for her. And then her, for her to fully immerse herself into pop for 1989, you know, it doesn't work for a lot of people. So I think for me, I, I, not that I am Taylor Swift by any <laughs> stretch of the imagination, but I do think that I like to take risks in my career and try new things. And I have fallen flat on my face at times. And I have been successful in other avenues. Um, but I think that that's something that when I see her sort of do those types of things, I want to emulate that in my own life and not be afraid of change. And so, you know, this year, 
this past year, I think, you know, marks a big change for me. I'm finally living in one place. I have one home. I'm not splitting time between two. And, uh, you know, I'm doing a show with my name on it. So that's terrifying. And, you know, it could work. It could not work. We don't know. We'll find out um, as we go. But I should mention as well that we will talk a little bit of hockey on the show. Not a lot. It'll be mostly interviews, but there will be a, a little bit of, you know, my opinion and personality work. In of there your too. feisty Friday. I think, I think that was actually perfect. So we're going to, we're going to name this chapter on your life reputation because you're taking, yes. risks, you're changing things up. I've noticed that the minute that you make announcements, people freak out and they're like, we've lost her forever. And it's like, no, it's just yes, adding another piece to the puzzle. This is a big puzzle. We're going to add different pieces to it, you know, chapter by chapter. So reputation is a great way to put that one. I love the folklore album, but I love folklore folklore music as a whole. I mean, I'm a geek for Kings of Leon and, and anything with um great guitar pieces. Yeah. When but... you're like in the mood for that type of music, it just, mm -hmm. oh my God, it hits so hard when you're like, yeah. this is what I want right now. <laughs> I just want to curl up and listen. Like it's great. Stay with every hum, hum and heim of it. Absolutely. Now I love that you kind of mentioned um, all the avenues in which your career has taken and you opened up the show kind of talking about the fact that New Year's has been delegated to the Winter Classic. This yeah. is a very special Winter Classic. You got two of the newer teams in the league for starts, but did the Seattle Kraken just check every correct box leading up to that um, historic shutout win between the entry, between uh, the, the cultural costumes, everything leading up to it just kind of seemed like they nailed it on the head. And I've been a big fan of this organization and all that they do community-wise, um, NHL-wise, and game-wise. What did you think of this one in Classic? I think you nailed it right there because I think from the beginning, from its inception before the team ever took the ice, it is an organization that I think has hit a lot of home runs, right? I mean, the branding of the team, the inclusivity, the decisions that they have made in how they want to be perceived and how they want to be embraced by the league, but also how they want to embrace new fans of the game. I was talking about this over the weekend and, and the game presentation. You're right. It was, it was amazing. That Anthem. I was just oh. beside myself during the Anthem. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but I think, you know, people talk all the time about, you know, there's this like stigma about being a casual fan of hockey or not knowing the game inside and out and being, you know, an analytics nerd or knowing every single stat about every single player, every single team. And, you know, what's important about growing the game is making sure that people feel welcome. We talk about the inclusivity all the time, you know, race, gender, sexual orientation, all, all of that stuff. And, and I'm talking about that, but I'm also talking about just being open to the fact that you know, people are new to the game and that's okay. And one of the things that the Kraken did in year one, I don't know if they still do it, but they had, they would have definitions come up on the Jumbotron during a game, like Love an icing that. would happen and they would throw something up there to explain like what an icing is or what an offside is, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And mm -hmm. for me, it's like, some people are like, what a joke. And it's like, no, it's not a joke. If you want people to feel welcome in hockey, then let's not shun people for not knowing the game or being, or for being new to it. So I think that Seattle's done a really good job on numerous fronts um, of trying to make, you know, their team and, and their community welcome to everyone. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think there's, there's a lot in sports in general that can be better. So I don't want to make it sound like everything is perfect because it's not. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that Seattle, even when they have maybe, you know, fallen or whatever, like they've always had the effort and they've always had the intent to be that way. And so even when they may, and I don't even know if they've ever fallen flat per se, but I think that 
the fact that they try these things and they they put themselves out there to be that franchise that's like come to us you know we we welcome you whether you've ever watched a hockey game in your life or not like let's go you know mm -hmm. so um i think it i think that it's a wonderful organization the people that are running it you know i've gotten the chance to spend some time with to get to know um and and they're great people and they care about the game so um mm -hmm. it's a business but you know i know that they care about hockey too and so i think that that's an organization that's in in pretty good hands yeah absolutely i feel like the, a good way to describe them as an organization is they're the hard on your sleeve kind of personality. I feel like you don't have to dig too much to figure out what their messaging is or let alone um they it doesn't feel forced. It all feels very natural. Yeah. I think that that starts within the hiring process and how they built out the team from the beginning as you mentioned. I never knew that about the screens, but I love that. <laughs> yeah. A little bit later, but for a collaboration that I'm doing ever since the Swifty guides came out for the football game because of Travis Kelsey and all the and all the, yeah. and all the guys, um I'm making Swifty guides for all Tampa Bay sports teams. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. This has been an adventure. So I'll get your opinion on something a little bit down the stretch, but I, I love that you were able to paint that picture for fans. And I think that they've been amazing. I've had um, Allison Lucan on here a couple of times. Oh, just to talk about her. She's fantastic. She's so fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, again, not forcing anything. You get a female on the bench. You get, you know, these these games that you worship, these accolades that, that people attain or the staff members attain. And there's just so much humility amongst every member there. Kind of touching on humility, though. You got to change over coming in between the pipes over and over again for Seattle. You're not seeing much panic out of that team. Um, and then they come into the Winter Classic versus the Stanley Cup champions and shut them out. What did you expect mm. heading into this matchup? I know that in the Winter Classic, you can't really count out either team. Um, it's not typical to see really much of a destructive performance, but uh, yeah. no one was really expecting that historic shutout, let alone Decord. I mean, Grubauer is kind of being their guy and he got injured and stuff. So what was the ramp up leading into this? I just, what a story, right? Like to go in there and to get the shutout and, and to, to, you know, you look at, at his story specifically and it's like, oh, it couldn't happen to a better guy, right? Like the story writes itself, like people having to do game recaps on that game. It was not a difficult uh, game recap to write, I don't think. Um, so it was cool to see that. And, you know, for Seattle, that was a really important game. I mean, they had started to pick up some momentum coming into the holiday break, but they, as you mentioned, not just to their goalie, but they've had some injuries, right, to their team. And I think that that's affected them a little bit. They're coming off of a season last year where they they exceeded expectations um, and, and really surprised a lot of people. And, and it was a year where every everyone was scoring, everyone was contributing throughout the lineup, right? Like they had that depth scoring. And mm -hmm. so for every single one of those players to come into a new year and be able to repeat that, it's hard, yep. right? Like it's hard to do that. You know, most teams, they've got, you know, game breakers and superstars up front that when the rest of the team's not scoring, it's like, you know, you can probably rely on one of those guys to, to come through. And so for Seattle, it was scoring by committee last year. And this year that came a little tougher in the first half. I know it's not technically the first half, but for me, the winter classic, the calendar changes. I'm always like, yeah, it's the second half now, <laughs> even though the math doesn't math. Um, but for me, like we're in the second half now, but um, I think, you know, the game was important. 
And sometimes mm -hmm. with the Winter Classic, people will say like, oh, it's just a tentpole event. It's just to grow the game and blah, 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 blah. The, the hockey kind of becomes secondary, which in, in, in some ways is true. But I think that this was an important game for the Kraken. It gave them further momentum, I think, heading into the new year. And so for me, I was interested from the get-go to see how this game would go, especially up against a team like Vegas, the defending Stanley Cup champion. So the fact that they have a great story for their goaltender coming out of the game. They get the two points. They get the win. They continue to sort of build that momentum. And it comes against the defending Stanley Cup champions in a game where they keep them off the scoreboard. You got to feel good about yourself if you're a, a member of the Seattle Kraken. And I am a believer in intangibles. I'm a believer in like, oh, this swing could be a turning point for a team. Mm -hmm. They got a lot of work to do the rest of the way, obviously, because of where they are in the standings. But this year has been full of drama, full of parody and ups and downs. Like, I don't know what to expect, but I, I feel good about the Kraken at the very least making this second half interesting as they get healthy and uh, start to string some points together. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like this was almost kind of a theme for them last year. They were counted out up until, you know, March and April. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, they're for real. They're going to be a part of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, and if certain guys can get healthy for them, like I'm a big fan of Andre Burakos, uh, Burakoski. I feel like he hasn't even got his shining moment to really break the surface of what he can produce. He was great with the avalanche. Um, his shot through percentage is consistently overlooked, but that's because he's hardly ever on the ice long enough for it to be a contributing stat. Um, <laughs> that's kind of hard sometimes. Then you got Tanev with his, with his hits and stuff. And then I was so excited for Yamamoto, but I think it's just because I can pronounce yeah. his name. And it's so fun to say. Um, so there's so many guys on this team. To love but my biggest my biggest thing was the fact that they have so many guys to contribute to that goal tally they've been exciting to watch and then they stole yanni gord from us down here in tampa bay and i've never been i know oh my gosh it's so tough to be tied to certain athletes and still root for them from a distance but something else we saw at the winter classic we saw some wwe moves between uh yeah. <laughs> Biz Bowie here. That was probably one of the most interesting things that I've seen. Uh, Biz is quicker than I give him credit for, but yeah, knows. Um, that's another part of your life. As I mentioned before, we got started on the show. For me, it's like music and hockey. Um, right now in your career, it seems to be WWE and hockey. So I had a fun game for you. Um, to kind okay. of pick out some personalities that in the NHL that could be portrayed to the WWE. Um, okay. so if you can think of a WWE superstar that this okay. NHL player or coach can portray, then we'll go from there. Or if not, give them what their WWE superstar name could or should be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so think of like a comp, like a comp in the WWE or yeah. a, a superstar name. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Um, okay. So this one free reign of creativity. You can either choose Jack Hughes because I love his post, uh, post game okay. pressers, or you can choose yeah. the Hughes bros or both. Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. Let me think about this. Well, there's three Hughes brothers, so I can't, I mean, I should be able to think of a trio in WWE. I'm trying to think of like, hmm. Cause Jack Hughes is like, he seems like a really nice kid. So I feel like <laughs> he would have to be like a good guy, WWE superstar, but there was the Dudley brothers from back in the day. Remember them? Oh yes. Did you, did you ever watch wrestling? So I, I mean, there was two of them and there's three Hughes brothers, but like, maybe that's a, that, they can that's alternate a, a one. In. Yeah. They can alternate. Yeah. One maybe. Can, or or, or like the Hardy boys, right? Like their brothers. Yes. 
again, there's only two and they're like pretty hardcore. I don't see as much edginess in these few brothers. And I mean that in the best way. Um, So, you know, maybe if they added a little bit of, a little bit of edginess to them, then they could emulate like the Hardy boys or something. Yeah. Maybe we'll see it. They're still a bit on the young side. (laughs) We we tend to see more as time goes on. Um, Yeah. I feel like Luke's going to be the one to spark the real personality of, of the Hughes brothers. Like as his stature, then he's going to be the one that pulls the edge out of them. Um, I'm excited for this one. Leon Dreisaitl. Now, Greg Wyszynski mm-hmm. referred to him as, as being in his emo era this year. Um, what WWE star could he emulate? He's being more vocal. He's kind of got that brooding thing going for him, but he's crushing it statistically. Mm-hmm. Okay, so emo, brooding, <laughs> vocal, emotional, still very talented. Um <laughs> Maybe like a Drew McIntyre. A Drew McIntyre, for WWE fans that don't know, is very sour these days. He's kind of brooding a little bit. He feels like he he's not really catching a break. He's very talented. He's he's a massive WWE superstar. He just had a shot at the world title um, and lost. So I think there's some parallels there <laughs> to be made with Leon Dreisaitl and how he might be feeling about the Edmonton Oilers, maybe not catching very many breaks at certain points um, of this season and um, feeling like maybe they deserve a little bit more um, for what they are and what they're capable of. So maybe maybe Drew McIntyre is a decent comp. We'll have to ask Wish because he's he's a WWE guy. So we'll see maybe what he thinks of that of that comp. But that's the one that comes to mind when you talk about like brooding and maybe kind of being a bit emo and like yes. you deserve better than this, you know? And you that's know what? He, him and Connor do deserve better than this, by the way. <laughs> like they do. They really do. It was a tough, very, um, I would say alarming start for them. And I think that he's always yeah, kind of alarming as a good little brother moments too. Yeah. And then he has yeah. that like in the big brother shadow moments where people are like, are we not talking about Leon enough? And it's like, Leon wants to win. Leon's not concerned about yeah. how much we're talking about him. Leon's just ready for this team to operate. Especially now. I mean, Leon has, has more than proven himself as a superstar right. in the NHL. So like, Let's not pretend like no matter who Connor McDavid was playing with, they wouldn't fall into his shadow. Like it literally any superstar in the league playing on the same team as Connor McDavid is going to fall into a bit of a shadow. So I I think we need to, we need to wash away that, that narrative. (laughs) Like, I don't think Leon cares. I think Leon's done more uh, than enough to prove he's a top player in the league. So like, Let's just, yeah. <laughs> Let's just get some wins. Exactly. Let's just get some wins. I thought this one could be interesting. I feel like okay. he's got such a great personality. Uh, he can get loud when he needs to, but he's not the loudest guy on the desk. Liam from TNT. Liam. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, Liam as a WWE superstar. <laughs> Okay, I need to th- I need to really think about this for a second because Liam is like very professional. He's very put together. He's super nice, mm-hmm. um, but he can like hang. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he can hang with the guys, which is he's why witty. he's he chooses his. He's witty, which is is why he's up there. You know, he's not as goofy as this person, so maybe that's not a good comp because I don't think Liam is as 
goofy as that guy. I was going to say Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn is like very witty, can really keep up and is quick witted in a conversation with anyone, but has put himself, you know what? I am going to say Sami Zayn because who, by the way, is a massive, massive hockey fan, loves the haps. But Sami Zayn, you know, again, I'll I'll give the context for viewers that maybe don't watch WWE, who should start. Um, Sami Zayn is very quick-witted, very smart, very funny. He can be very, like, so good in the ring and, like, all business when he needs to be, but can also be lighthearted and fun. And we've seen that in his interactions with Kevin Owens. We've also seen him get himself into some predicaments uh, on television with the bloodline and these tricky situations, which Liam obviously has to deal with when he's working with Paul Bissonnette. So like they find them, I'm sure he finds himself in some hairy spots and Sammy Zayn is no stranger to finding himself in some tricky situations. So I'm going to, I never would have thought I would have said Sammy Zayn for Liam. And it is, I love Sammy. He's the best. So I'll go with, I'll go with Sammy Zayn, I guess. Oh my gosh, it makes sense I love in my that. brain. It makes so much sense because there's a <laughs> lot of antics with Fizz. Um, you never know what's gonna happen. If he's gonna be fighting the teleprompter or scootering across set, you're you're really in for or a fighting lot. a mascot in the middle of a show. I it's mean I mean, I never thought of a mic as a weapon until I saw him using it as a little whip. Um I uh, by the way, not nearly enough wrestling references were made during that. <laughs> I don't they know what that was. That fight, that performance. They needed your insight. They couldn't think of yeah. all of the all of the words uh, or the descriptions for it. They're just like shocked, and then they're like, "Well, look, yeah. you can join the WWE." And it's like, "Well, give us a little more than that." Um, yeah, I was I'm like, just- "Paul, are you going to give Triple H a call and see if you can get a match, or what are you like? What are you angling for here?" Yes. Where was were you? Where, where were you hoping that this was going to translate to? We'll still we'll see. I feel like there's a window yeah. there. Hey, um, you never know. If Pat McAfee can get himself in a WWE match, so please. can Biz Nasty 2.0. So <laughs> who has ballpall that anymore? I don't know. I refuse to add the nasty part, but I mean. <laughs> I grew up with boys, so anytime, like, my brother and his guy friends, they had all kinds of crew names, and I was just like, no, I'm calling you by your government name, and you're going to answer yeah. me. I'm going to use that. I'll be like, no, I'm calling you by your government name. Yeah, you let them know we're That's on a funny. government level. My brother's friends used to get so pissed off about that. they try to pick up girls with their names, and I'd be like, no, that's Bartholomew. <laughs> like, the ancient, the most ancient man you can think of is his name. Um, yeah. They're going to thank you for saying that on air as well <laughs> so <laughs> that's what friends are for. um i love it torts. i have to think of john torts when it comes to wwe tortorella um 1500 okay. just hit this huge milestone everyone said they saw a more sentimental side out of torts um mm-hmm. because of it but you know there's got to be a villain in every story torts who could torts be in wwe I don't know That's a really good one because Torts is such an interesting personality in that like he's obviously he's like a he's like a media darling, but not because he always gives a good quote, but sometimes it's at the reporter's expense um, <laughs> once in a while. Um, but he's like he's like this like hard ass hard ass coach. Right. Mm-hmm. But you look at where he's been and what he's done is in his career. There's one thing that is undeniable about John Tortorella. He mm-hmm. gets 
the absolute maximum out of his team and out of his players. And he's honest. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with some guys that played for torts or were scratched by torts or were not played by torts. And, and some of those guys will tell me, you know, at the time I hated him. But the Mm -hmm. one thing I will say is that I respected him because he was straight with me. He was like, you're not playing. This is why this is how you fix it. And I don't think that athletes necessarily get that all the time. I think sometimes they just aren't playing. They don't really understand why it's gray. It's they can't really figure it out. Mm-hmm. And from the guys that I've talked to that have played with torts, they all say the same thing, like them, hate them. You always know where you stand. And I think understanding that in, in any aspect of life, no matter where you're working or who your boss or your manager is, like if yeah. you don't understand why you're not doing well and how you can go about fixing it, then you're going to be in a tough spot. So, yeah. So, so I'm, I don't know if I have one for torts. Like what about the Miz? Maybe because of the the like versus (laughs) he's got the majestic approach towards media. Let me think about this. Okay. So the Miz, the Miz is definitely good for a quote. So they have that in common, right? Like they're both good for making a headline or getting, giving a good quote to the press or for the press to use. So they do have that in common. I think another thing that Miz and Torts might have in common is that I don't know, like, listen, we appreciate Torts. We do just like we appreciate Miz in WWE. But sometimes I feel like they don't necessarily get the respect that they deserve for what they've done in their respective careers. So maybe that's a parallel as well. So I don't know. But Miz is, I mean, Miz is an interesting character. I mean, right now we love Miz, but um, sometimes Miz can be mean. I guess that's towards you, but (laughs) Torts is even nice to me though. So I don't want him to see this and be like, Redmond? But nothing right. but kind to you. <laughs> Sorry, George. I'll take full responsibility. I have declared you semi-miz. Um, not full yeah. Miz. <laughs> if, that, if that's less offensive. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have to throw Mark Stone in the mix. He was the take. He's Ooh. been the takeaway king this season. He's just always got this stout look to him. But you see emotion when the team is doing mm. well. Um, he's just he's such a king. Mark Stone. And he's a leader. He's emotional, kind of wears his heart on his sleeve a bit when he plays, which is why his reactions so are so great. Um, maybe like, I'm trying to think of like, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to say Cody Rhodes, but I'm sure there's a better I was There's leaning a better comp for Cody Rhodes, but Cody Rhodes is such like a classy stand-up individual, right? And I feel like Stoner is that way as well. I think Cody Rhodes would do anything for his teammates. Like he very much cares about being a leader in the locker room and 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 of everyone. I mean, Cody Rhodes has been so 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 good to me. Like I cannot say enough good things about Cody. He's such a good person and and like cares about everyone. You know, not just. Not just the wrestlers, not just the people at the top. Like he makes sure that everybody is good and and feels good about where they're at and what they're doing. So maybe maybe Mark Stone is is that um, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Like I could see that for sure. Um, the only difference is is that like 
Mark Stone has won a Stanley Cup now, and Cody mm-hmm. Rhodes is still chasing that elusive <laughs> title for, for the Rhodes family. So Cody's still still trying to finish his story, and I hope that he does it soon. Um, so that would be the one difference, I think, between the two. So, mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that because of the class and the that. leadership. I yeah. love that one. I had Cody Rhodes on my list. I think Mark Did Stone- you? I do. I did. Um, Cause I love his wife too. And I love what they tried to do expansion wise with wrestling and stuff. Um, my ex is a wrestler. Yeah. So he's going through that whole, oh, you know, okay. found his persona in the wrestling world years ago and he's making the climbs and stuff, but this family, the Rhodes family, his wife, they're just spectacular human beings from what I have consistently heard. Um, I feel yeah. like you can't talk about personalities without talking about gritty. So we'll ask about him before we move on to some rapid fire. Gritty. Gritty. Good old Okay, Gritty, gritty I'm going to say, because Gritty, like, he's a bit inappropriate. He's a bit, like, full of himself, right? Like, yeah. thinks he's a little bit bigger than he is, you know? Yeah. So maybe he's got some, like, Dominic Mysterio in him, some Ooh. dirty Dom, because um, <laughs> Dominic is a bit of a weasel, and I feel like Gritty is kind of a weasel, you know? So like He's always up to something. And so is Dom with the judgment day, you know? So they're like, they're both just these sneaky little, like they're punks. You know what I mean? There you go. They're like Dominic Mysterio. I love that. Always up to something. They should have a camera on them at all times. Um, (laughs) Now I love this part really quick. It's called keep calm or carry on. Keep calm as in they relax. It's not a big deal give it some time or carry on. You can continue on this rant. I love to kind of okay. screenshot some fan comments. I love the emotions okay. in hockey because they tend to be very high all the time. <laughs> so I'm going to read We're you not dramatic. Things. Come on. No, not at all. Um, but you know what? It's my new personality and I love it. So the first comment is the Winnipeg Jets are the Mr. Steal Your Girl team of the year. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, what, what, what was it? Keep calm or carry on? Yeah. Keep calm, like relax, like don't go there kind of thing or carry on. As no, like, I say carry on. Carry I like on. it. I say, say carry on. I think you got to, you better keep your eyes on the Winnipeg Jets because before you know it, they might sneak up on you, steal a couple points, steal your girl. I, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I think the Jets, you can't sleep on the Jets is what mm-hmm. I'm, is what I'm saying. I love it. And plus some of the injuries that they're weathering as well. These guys get healthy at the right time. You're looking, you're looking at some uh, very, very scary stuff. Uh, the other yeah. one that I thought was interesting was uh, Panera needs to never grow his hair out again. It's a curse. <laughs> I'm going to say calm down. Uh, I'm going to say calm down. Only be- Listen, I love a superstition. I love running with something. So all the power to this person. But I mean, let's not act like the bread man hasn't didn't accomplish anything with long hair. I'm just like, oh, he was nobody before he shaved his head. It's like, uh, <laughs> let's pump the brakes. Right. Like he's going to get so many messages in the off season. Don't you get your hair yeah. any longer than what it was. It's like, he was he scored I don't know. Up. He was, I, I don't know. Word on the street was he was a pretty good player with long hair. <laughs> That's just what I heard. It's just what I heard. I heard that flows make you skate faster. So I don't even get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy this one. So somebody tweeted, 
The Leafs need to trade two players in this photo. It was a photo of Matthews, Riley, Marner, and Tavares. Uh, Keep calm. Two players. Two players. They said two. Matthews, Marner, Riley, and Tavares? Yes. Um, Listen, I've said this now twice this week. Kevin Garnett taught me anything is possible, but I don't think a JT trade would be hard to pull off, I think, Mm -hmm. for most teams because of the contract. Um, But I think that's crazy. Yes. (laughs) Not, not, you can't trade two players in that photo. Like, first of all, you got Morgan Riley in there. Like we already got problems on defense. (laughs) (laughs) You get rid of him. Got enough problems on the blue line. Let's not make them worse. Now, obviously this is not knowing what you would get back in return for said players. Uh, But two of those four is asinine. One of those four. Sure. I can get behind that. I can hear that out, but two, (laughs) I don't think so. No go. I think Riley's like <laughs> not a for me anyway. For the team, like I feel like he's he's a clutch guy. He's he's steady Eddie. He's there when you need him. Kind Morgan of Riley. Yeah, I just I yeah. I mean, I was so happy for Morgan Riley in the postseason last year that he kind of just became this like driving force for them. I was yeah. so happy for him. He's such a good leader. He cares. Like I have had the chance to talk with Morgan Riley quite a bit um, over his career. Like he. We talk about like sometimes professional athletes, right? They start making a certain amount of money and they lose a little bit of that, like genuinely caring about a team. They're willing to leave. They don't care. Like Morgan Riley gives a lot of shits about the Toronto Maple Leafs. He really cares about their success. He cares about their fans. And so for me, he is such an intangible part of them. And I know that the guys in that room have a lot of respect for him and, and care about him a lot. So I would, that would just, trading Morgan Riley would just, it would break my heart. Um, for the Toronto Maple Leafs and you know you have to always remember too with Mo is like the the what he's been shouldering over his career on yes. the back end for the Toronto Maple Leafs because I mean how long have we been talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs need to shore up their back end it's like, <laughs> the story for eight years like you know so you know I think he's for for the weight that comes with being a, a core player in Toronto I think he has carried it with the utmost class that you've you've seen anywhere in the National Hockey League over the last decade. He's been so good for that organization, a great face of the game, and he's been an important piece in the role that he serves for them too. So uh, you can't trade Mo. No No. way. (laughs) And I think it's underestimated how much a particular personality in the locker room is a big a big emphasis to a team winning and a team having the right energy. We're kind of dealing with it right now with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You're Luke. We lost some key personalities in there that would go in the locker room and be an alpha male versus, you know, mm-hmm. some of the more quieter voices that are still trying to find their way. Yeah, we have Steven Samco, spectacular Victor Hedman, but like we don't have that bark from Pat Maroon yeah. or Alex Lorne who, you know, can bring such a different angle to things. So it matters most staying. Last one for this is going to be uh, they put Kane as a focal point because he'll be gone at the trade deadline. LOL. I didn't they what? Up. Hang they- on. I'm going to be totally honest with you right now. My So I need a new laptop, okay? My laptop battery <laughs> is like so bad. And right, it doesn't reach the outlet. <laughs> and it's about to die, even though I had a full charge at the start of this interview, which I'm literally going to buy a laptop today. But let oh, me I just totally get it. move over. <laughs> So that this doesn't die in the middle of the interview, okay? Oh, you're totally this fine. I'm so sorry. This is real life, people. This is real life. Hang we on. Love this. It happens to everybody. <laughs> My laptop has shut down in the middle of a full-blown, like, emotional conversation. 
like die. Yeah, I have to go even further. Wow. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be okay. I knew this was going to happen too. When I was setting um, up for it, I was like, is this laptop got enough in her? I'm going to move my ring light too because I'm, I'm vain like that. No, I'm this so is sorry. what you do with that home this is, this is real life, you know? Okay. We're we plugged in. We're plugged in. We're, we're good. We're good. I'll move my mic over too. That'll probably help. Okay. There you go. I'm sorry. Perfect. That was still so seamless, honestly. <laughs> oh, I would have broke my ring light. I would have cracked my mic. I would have done a lot of things at the same time. I did um, almost knock the ring light completely over, but that's it's so hard not to. Here nor there. <laughs> it's so hard not to. Um, so they said they put Kane as the focal point. So this came off of a picture on Twitter, a really okay. sick picture of Kane celebrating after a goal. And they and somebody tweeted they put him as the focal point because he'll be gone at the trade deadline LOL. Hmm. So I totally didn't laugh at this one. Hmm. I'm gonna say keep calm. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I don't really understand the logic behind it. <laughs> um, but I will say that, like, I don't know. I feel like Kane, you know, took his time. You're talking about Patrick Kane, right? Right. Yes. Okay. Um, I think that, um, you know, he took his time to decide, you know, where he wanted to go, what he was going to do. I am sure that there were conversations about how he felt about being moved at the deadline, whether he would be open to that or not. Mm-hmm. Who knows what Patrick Kane wants um, in the long run, but he chose Detroit for a reason. So I don't know. I think I think making such a claim based off of a, a goal celebration photo <laughs> is a bit like, yes, maybe he will get moved for sure. But like to come to deduce that from a photo of a goal celebration, I think right. is a little Delulu. And <laughs> this person needs to calm down. Just calm down. I agree. I mean, why, why take not that read too moment? far into the goal sellies? Okay. Yeah. Why take that moment away from Kane? He's been through enough. Um, definitely enough. <laughs> now, quick little shootout as we wrap up. No bad questions or no bad answers here to say. Um, okay. Go to Road Meal. Go to road meal, Chipotle. Oh, that's smart. You make me feel like I have yeah, to grow up. Chipotle. I would have answered that with Sour Patch Kids, and then they would have been like, that's not a meal, Casey. That's yeah. <laughs> fair. Very fair. But I love a burrito bowl. Ah, that's fantastic. Go to with workout. Chips. Oh, yes. Cannot forget the chips. If anything, I get through the chips before I get to my food. Yeah. Sorry, you said go to workout? Yes. So I like to lift weights. So that's what I do every day. But right now I am very into pickleball for cardio. Ooh, mm-hmm. I have not tried the pickleball yet. I'm dying. So to. fun. My oh husband my and I are obsessed. We lived in Florida for November and we became obsessed with it. And so we got home and my husband was like, so I bought a pickleball court. And I'm like, where are you putting that? We live in Canada. It's winter. Put it in our garage. Anyways, I was going to say, where did I you set up shop? <laughs> our cars are out in the snow, but the pickleball court is intact. It's warm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have leagues here in Florida, so I'm not surprised. I'm so behind the eight ball. Um, your most memorable interview to date. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't, you know, this is recency bias for sure. Cause I think if I, if I were to sit down and really think about it and go over some of the things that I've done, I would be like, Oh, you know, this is probably my most memorable. Um, 
for hockey, I'm going to say, I'm going to separate them for hockey. I'm going to say Paul Maurice um, last year after being eliminated um, in the Stanley cup final, because the true story behind that is that like, I didn't want to do the interview. They were like, Hey, TNT was like, Hey, you're going to interview Paul Maurice. And I was like, they just lost. They just lost. I was on the ice, right. With the golden Knights and they're celebrating and we're doing interviews. I'm like, Hey, you're going to go meet uh, Paul Maurice and, and interview him. And I was like, is that a good idea? Like just lost. What's he going to say that he's not going to say like in the presser, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just, for whatever reason, I just felt a certain like anxiousness about it. But of course I, I did it as we know. And he ended up being so open and honest and forthcoming and poetic in a lot of ways about that team and about what they meant to him and what they went through together. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it kind of took off a life. Like it's the Stanley cup just got one by the Vegas Golden Knights who have only been in existence at the time for what was it? Six years. So, you know, for that to be happening and on the night of that Vegas win and celebration for an interview that I did with Paul Maurice, the the loser to go viral the way that it did Mm -hmm. to me, I think speaks to how open and vulnerable Paul was in that interview. And all the credit is to him. Like I was just the girl there holding the mic. But he was so open and honest. And, you know, I've thanked him numerous times for that interview now. Um, but I think at least in the last year, that's probably the most memorable hockey interview that I've done because of that. Absolutely. And then for other reasons, celebrity wise, I interviewed and this actually relates to Vegas as well. In year one, when they went to the Stanley Cup final, uh, little John performed um, outside of the venue and we did an interview with him before the game. And we had, I was working with um, Adam Burrish at the time Mm -hmm. with the NHL doing a a streaming show on Facebook, I think. And (laughs) we decided that we would have a rap battle and Lil Jon would tell us who was better. And so I rapped for Lil Jon and he said, and I quote, she's got bars. So (laughs) I feel like... That is a very memorable moment in my career because I never, never in a million years did I think working in hockey would bring me to a place where I was rapping for little John. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a a memorable one too. So much confidence. Kudos goes to you on that one. Cause I would have been like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like, how do I out rap this guy right now? I Um, spent a whole day putting that rap together. Like I was, I forget (laughs) the game. I wasn't prepping for the game. I was just writing a rap. (laughs) For little John, <laughs> but it meant something to the game at the end of it all. That's a great one, and I, I yeah, yeah your fun. race interview was fantastic because I think it probably also set a different standard for coaches across the league. You kind of got to break past certain hockey barriers and be able to communicate your passion for your team, for your players. And I love his perspective on his players. I love how he communicates um, their game, any changes to the game, any any. Um, yeah you know losses or wins he's so great with that stuff so he's a top guy this one's fantastic facebook always loves to remember the worst the worst of us is there a regretted attire from your time um over your coverages so i remember when i first started working in sports Mm -hmm. broadcasting um there was really questionable heels you know, little heels that I wore, <laughs> trousers that my mom picked out. Mm-hmm. Um, fact, they were even called trousers at the time. I should have known better. And a blazer that just did not fit. Is there something that just burned in your brain that's like, yeah. Um, oh, I'm sure I have plenty of bad fashion faux pas looks. 
Um, I once wore like a khaki colored boxy, like it wasn't a blouse because it wasn't loose. It was very like structured and hard. It was like a button up shirt. Ah. And I paired it with like a brown, like, listen, it looked good, but I looked like I was going on safari. Like <laughs> I looked like I was going into the outback and trying to like wrangle a gator, you know, like I looked like You're I was going safari on safari. <laughs> um, that's one. Um, I'm sure there's so many. I mean, I'm having a lot of flashbacks just to like college right now and yes. wearing the like, remember when the long shirts and the belts were in? Like the I belts around more your, mortified about the, about I the see of everything. The waist belts. Even the clothes that didn't need it. This is this is a tight bandage dress. It didn't need a belt, but it was there. It was, it was still on my body, clicking I, in. <laughs> the so reason that's so top of mind for me is because someone recently, and I, it reminds me that I need to respond to his DM, but somebody that I went to college with or was like at the college I was at at the same time posted a throwback picture. And in the picture, I am wearing like a long black, like loose dress. But then I have like a white like belt around my waist and like and white heels. On with, and I had bad bangs too. Like never will I ever get bangs again. Never. It never, was never. a, it was a <laughs> tough look. I was also rocking the freshman 15. So it was a bad, it was a bad photo. I'm like, I can't believe you're posting this photo of me right now, but it's okay. Cause the glow up now the glow up is real. <laughs> And the gates all Listen, Y2K can come back, and certain things from the past can come back. But the the high waisted belt, never, never again. Please, let's not do that again. Especially above like an inch or a, a half an inch, just never again. Um, as I mentioned earlier, if you were making a Swifty guide, what's a must or a need to know regarding hockey for new fans? Okay, if I was making a guide, mm -hmm. um. Hmm, that's a great question. Like about the the way that the game is played. Yeah, either the way the game is played, or hockey jargon, or you know anything that kind of sticks out. Almost uh, your. Um. No matter what anybody tells you ever, don't call the puck a biscuit. It's not a biscuit. <laughs> it's the worst. Like that is a legitimate term for the puck. Mm -hmm. So anyone that uses it, like that's fine. But I hate it. I just get. <laughs> we need to like rid ourselves of the term biscuit for the puck. Of putting the biscuit in the basket or the um, di the disc. Oh, like that one. Not a disc. It's a puck. <laughs> and if you it's say it fast enough, it doesn't really go well with the rest yeah, of the hockey jargon. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It gets inappropriate really fast. That was the best way that yeah. I could describe hockey to new fans, and they were like, "What?" And I was like, "Well, it's a kind of on the sexual side." If you've ever really it listened, is a little, it, it is, is a little interesting, but yeah. It's hockey and we love it. Um, now we kind of touched about biz a little bit. We mentioned Liam, the TNT crew as a whole has gotten a lot of praise from, you know, just the approach to the coverage. And I think biz could be somebody who's kind of spearheading this fun yet informative way to break down the game. I think that you are a huge person that does this as well. Um, can you kind of just touch on, um, how to humanize hockey a little bit more or what your approach may be or how we continue to grow the game and welcome in new fans. You know, I think um, what I love about Paul and, and Wayne and Anson and Hank and everyone that's on that panel um, and, you know, shout out to talk it, who was part of, of, you know, 
the original crew, uh, if you will, to start out. Mm -hmm. I think what, what works about it is that they love hockey and they care about the game. And they take the game seriously, but they don't take themselves that seriously. And so I think what happens is you get good analysis from people that know what they're talking about, combined with just like the rest of us, a bunch of guys who like to have a good time and want to have a good time and care about the show being fun. And so um, for me, it's it's very much become a, a sports entertainment product, the NHL on TNT. And I think that that's a good thing. I think sometimes, you know, I grew up in Canada. Hockey is very serious where I'm from. And I love that about, about it. Um, but it's refreshing, I think, to see the guys, you know, be laid back, joke around, have their shticks that they have and, and to make jokes and, and, you know, have a lighter approach to the game while still taking it very seriously. You know, they do care about giving proper analysis and all of that, of that sort of thing. But I think they understand that, you know, if they're having a good time during the show, then the person at home is probably having a good time too. And mm -hmm. I think for new viewers of the game in the United States, you know, when they tune into the NHL on TNT, they don't feel like an outsider. I think they yeah. feel like they are part of it. And if, if, you know, Wayne Gretzky can have a laugh during the intermission of a game, then like, so can they. Or if, you know, someone makes a mistake and they laugh about it, like who cares? Um, and I think it, it's just a welcoming environment. You know, it's, it's a place where there's a mutual love of the game, which exists everywhere, but just a, almost a, a willingness to um, be different and, yeah. and, and offer something different. And so far, you know, it, it seems to be working. And I think with the internet and social media and anybody, you know, wanting a platform to be able to start one, I think it's important because, you know, it's not like back in the day where you could only get hockey content in one place. Like if you're looking yeah. for a different vibe, you, you can find it. Um, you can find it on the internet. So I think it's been awesome. I I'm biased as well though, because I <laughs> like to have fun and i like to joke around and I, I don't take myself that seriously most of the time, although I am an overthinker. Um, I just think that, you know, for me, that's, that's what I've always wanted to try to be a part of in my career, something fun and something, um, different. And, and I like to think that NHL now had a little bit of that, Yes. Um, but right now the guys, the guys on TNT are, they are knocking it out of the park. And so I think it's good for the game. I really do. Yeah, I absolutely I'm agree. Biased, I, don't but... think, I don't think it's biased. I'm the one who teed it up. So I can say, <laughs> there's I can a say. reason they're like constantly going viral. You know what I mean? Like yes. clips from <laughs> the NHL on TNT studio show are, they're constantly, um, you know, being shared and trending on Twitter during the games that they do. And so um, I think it's great. And and I think too, not to kind of ramble on and on about, about my family at TNT, but even, even the players, right. When you see the players go on the show with the guys, now Wayne Gretzky being there is a huge part of it. Like what player is not going to be excited to be talking to Wayne Gretzky. Um, but I think too, you see that the players actually want to be on that show and they want to be there. And so I think that is a testament to what they're doing too. Yeah. I think that that's a great point out. Actually, you kind of see a little bit more smiling when they put on the headset versus this, uh, here we go. Cause we've seen some, and they show off a little bit of a different side of them too, right? Yes. Like they're a little more willing to kind of, to go there with the guys in terms of just like having a little bit of fun, even if they are in the middle of a, of a pre of a warm up. 
So right, or you know, a tough moment or after a tough loss. Um, last thing, who's your dark horse in the race heading to the Stanley Ooh. Cup finals? I feel dark like dark horse many surprises this season, but I love all of them. There is. Um, hmm. I don't know if they count as dark horse, but I think. Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. I mean, I don't know if the LA Kings are a, are, are a dark horse, but I do like think that they are a really good team. And mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I, I, the, the crazy thing about the Stanley Cup playoffs is that like, if you get hot at the right time, it's everything, right? I mean, the Florida Panthers are a great example of that. I mean, they barely make the playoffs and then, I mean, I infamously owe Shane O'Brien a bottle of Camus because I was like, Florida's toast. They're done. Forget about it. Ow. In fact, I think it was in a clip during the playoffs in Florida of me being like, they're done. And the next thing I know, I'm at the conference final covering the damn team. So um, that was that was uh, that was a good moment for me. But um, I think if you get hot at the right time and you have the talent, then anything is possible. And I think the L.A. Kings are a team that maybe. Maybe they could, you know, go the distance this year. I, I liked them a lot last year. Um, they've run into Edmonton the last couple of postseasons, and it hasn't worked out for them. But yeah. I do think that they've got the personnel that knows what it takes to win in guys like Dowdy that have won before. Um, yeah, I'm so happy for Cam Talbot. I mean, he's been, you know, having such a nice little bounce back season. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say the Kings. Why not? I love that because everybody else is kind of going with the Canucks. I was on a bit of a Red Wings train. Are the Canucks a dark horse though when they're up near the top of the standings? Like, does that count? Only because like nobody had them as any sort of favorites of like top four or five teams to perform. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they could be the unsung hero of Canada kind of thing. So I had them for, for just that. I like um, it. I like, I like it. I will say. We'll say a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, Vancouver, Vancouver, Vancouver. I'm like, well, let's, let's not forget that Thatcher Demko has been injured for like two years and right. now he's finally healthy. They have a goalie. Like you don't win in this league really without a capable goaltender. And I think that's something that Vancouver has been missing. They mm -hmm. have it back now. They obviously have some of their other players putting up incredible seasons as well, but you know, JT Miller had a great season a couple of years ago as well but they didn't have the goaltending that year, right? Like they went on that crazy run when Bruce Boudreaux first took over. They went on that wild run and like still missed the playoffs, but they were close. And and Thatcher Demko was playing for a lot of that lights out, right? And I think that was a glimpse of what they could be, you know, with a good goalie. And they've made some amazing adjustments to their game under Rick Tockett and, and you know, what some of the changes they've made to their roster as well and the way that they play. So all the kudos to them for that. But I think Thatcher Demko is a huge piece um, of that puzzle, if you will. Yeah. But like, I'm excited. I'm excited that there's a couple of Canadian teams that aren't the Leafs and the Oilers that are are very, very relevant right now. Yes, making such an aggressive pitch for themselves. Quick question, not to get off topic, because I keep saying I'm about to That's let okay. you go. Um, <laughs> because the game is changing so much. I've talked with this a little bit with Greg and a few other people because I feel like stay-at-home defensemen is kind of phasing out a little bit. The game is almost getting too mm. fast. You kind of have to have more offensive defensemen within your structures to be uh, a competitive team. I feel like the Canucks, do they have the recipe over there that we might start seeing translating through some other teams? 
Well, it's a copycat league, right? We always say that um, about about the NHL. It's like whoever is successful this year in winning the cup, you know, people will try to emulate whatever it is that they do or the style of play that they have, right? So um, I, I feel like those trends are always changing. I am a huge fan of the stay-at-home defensemen. I don't think they get enough credit or love. I did a whole piece on this. And it might have been two years ago, um, just about an ode to, to the stay-at-home defenseman. And I think the role is changing for sure because of the pace of the game. But I think, you know, I do think that there's still a necessity for that stay-at-home responsible guy that, like, locks the door, shuts it down, turns people yeah. around at the blue line. I just think that that player has to be quick. They have yeah. to also be able to to keep up with the pace of the game. Um, so yeah, I just I love the stay at home defense. <laughs> we in Tampa do too. Our defensive system has changed, and it feels like a culture shock down here. Um, it feels. Like I bet it does. I mean, I, it's oh. fascinating to me, and it, it, it's it's also crazy to me that you know Tampa's first Stanley Cup win in, in the modern era, you know, was four <laughs> years ago. Now I know like, what. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like I was still no. just, you know, a year or so ago, but now it feels like forever. And then the spoiled fans are feeling a big how about that because of how this season is kind of playing yeah. out. Um, it's been probably one of the more dramatic seasons for the Lightning. Do you think Stamco stays or goes? I don't want to sound cheesy with this response, but I genuinely don't see – I can't foresee this team without him. One guy in the same sweater – um, and plus what he's done for the community, like everything that he means on yeah. and off the ice to Tampa Bay, like that's a hard thing to lose. And I feel like the community as well as the fan base already took a beating with Alex Kalorn being gone. Um, but, hmm. you know, he's coming off of a milestone season. I do think that it wasn't a great look to not have something in place for a player that has overcome some of the worst injuries that you possibly can still made an impact every time he touches the ice hit four milestones that we celebrated at the arena and no conversation took place. Um, so that for me just kind of screams we're moving on. A bit of a red flag, right? Like it's a bit, oh, what are they yeah. thinking about this? But yeah. I do agree. Like trying to picture Steven Stamkos in an, any other sweater is so bizarre. It's so weird. And I, I think too, it's like very clear that if it was up to him, you know, this would already be done. It wouldn't even be a story. But the question then becomes, you know, behind the scenes, like what is going on? How does Stamkos feel now? Like having been, you know, somewhat slighted after everything that he's done for the organization and such a key piece of, of what yeah. they've been in terms of their identity over the last decade plus. So it's, um, it is a very intriguing storyline going into, into the, uh, off season, I almost said postseason. Going into the off season, um, but I felt you know their whole season is going to be interesting because what are they? Where are they going to finish in the standings? We're so used to them yes. just being a natural. Well, they'll be first or second in the Atlantic. Right. Like that's it. Like it's fine. No. They're going to be in the top three. That's it. They might be a wild card team this year. They might not make it. I mean, we don't know. There's so much time left. Um, yeah. But it would be crazy to me if they missed. But I we'll know. And that's the, that's the weird part is like the wild card conversation is kind of like the best, most positive conversation they can have right now. And, it, and that's barely kind of there for them. Um, and plus the emotion in the locker room, it's just all very different. I'm not sure if I fully chalk it up to certain alpha males no longer being there. So I mm -hmm. feel like 
I feel like Sam Coase's contract and him even being as honest as he was about it um, is looming over everything. And I feel like that's yeah. not being talked about. So they're in a rebuild. Mode. I think he, I don't know this. So I'm just, just so people know this is just my own opinion on the situation. I've talked to him about it. Um, I think he was really hurt by that. I yes. think it, you know, like it really, to me, like he's such a stand-up class guy. He really is. And I think has only gotten more so over the course of his career. Um, for him to decide that he was going to make those comments yes. before the season started, like that was a decision. And it's not like Stamkos is not the guy that would accidentally say something like that. It's something yep. that he would have been very aware of, I think, based on what yeah. I know of him, because he's a smart guy and he understands the game and the media and all, and all, he understands all of that. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was a decision. And so for me, what is, maybe it's, maybe that has been mended, but I think there was definitely um, some hurt feelings there and whether or not they're able to mend that is a, becomes a huge question. And maybe it doesn't change anything for Tampa. Like maybe because the team has taken some steps back, which is natural over the course of, of time, um, you know, maybe it's something that they were willing to, to do. I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He, he knows what he's doing. And that was um, a very specific thing to be that vulnerable to the media because this, especially before the season's even started, right? Like there, right. people are going to ask, of course, but Steven Samkos has played the, like, I'm not going to talk about that many times okay. as any professional athlete has. He's not, he's not some rookie that's like inexperienced and just kind of let something slip. He yep. was making a point. And so for me, it's like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's going on there? How does Stamkos feel about it? How does the team now feel about him saying something about it and kind of letting it be a story? Because yep. he was Stamkos knows that that was going to take off if he says that, and he and was willing to do it. And the word choice is what stood out to me. Disappointed. That's a very yeah. stern yeah. word. Hurt. Somebody who knows what they're saying, when to say it, and how to say it. Like that was a yeah. message. I couldn't agree more because he and I I understand where he's coming from. For the record, like I get it. It's you know, it's to give that much to to an organization and and to be, stay loyal to an organization when there were times in his career where he could have left, he could have done something different. Um, and to a sweetheart deal, what's up? So, yeah, and to take a sweetheart yeah. deal too, like you're showing that you're a team first guy, and then you couldn't even be considered. And you're not even having a conversation, like hey. Yeah. What do you think it will look like if we're going to try to get this done? What is it, you know, because we all know the situation Tampa's in, in terms of their roster and their salary cap and everything else. But it's like to not even have a conversation of like, hey, just out of curiosity, like here, Steven, like this is kind of like what it might look like mm -hmm. for us to be able to make you stay. Like, you know, the situation that we're in, but to not even talk about it. That's the pain. Literally, yeah. makes me think. <laughs> I didn't expect us to go down this deep stammer road, but I I'm into it. I was just about to say, come there's to Toronto, Stephen. Yeah. Come to Toronto on a on a cheap deal. Let's see. Do not wound me like that, please. Um, <laughs> I I want to still root for Stamkos and keep all my stammer jerseys for the rest of my what life. What are you saying? You don't like the Leafs? <laughs> I'm saying that I oh. think very highly of some Leaf fans. <laughs> And some leaf players. And I will uh, confidently leave it at 
that. Um, Fair no, enough. you guys are just you are a tough team to play. You bring out a lot of emotion out of me, and mm. that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I cannot thank you enough. I could talk to you forever. Um, thank you so much for sharing your great stories, for giving us the uh, WWE parallels. Guys, if you're not watching the WWE, especially Raw, please go. You don't have to be this monstrous fan to get into the storylines because I'm telling you, the behind the scenes or the backstage stuff alone is so captivating. You will still watch 30 minutes of your life just fly by um, buying into it. NFL <laughs> giving us a, a whirlwind of a season, but you can't love it more. And new fans, you are always welcome here. Jackie, thank you again for joining me here on Casing the League on Believe Network. And until next time, guys, stay safe, stay sane, and I'll catch you on Casing the League.